0: Coach Snoop was just an awesome man, uh, always teaching us and always preaching to us that to just become better, strive for greatness, and uh, do for your families and get out of this situation that you are in now.
1: Words of Joey Davis, accomplished wrestler, a product of Compton, California, speaking as you just heard about being influenced by the great Snoop Dogg while he was just a youngster in Compton playing youth football. Among the many interesting connections that Joey Davis has with greatness as he went on from his high school career as a football player and as a wrestler to Notre Dame College in South Euclid, Ohio where he finished as one of the only three people in history to go undefeated as a collegiate wrestler. He was the third person in history to do so. He was the only person and to this day remains the only person in Division II to go undefeated in college wrestling. 133-0. and 0. Joey Davis, the subject of today's edition of Telich Talks, and I hope everybody you enjoy our conversation that we had. We were at South Euclid at the school prior to this most recent weekend because on Saturday he was back in town and Joey was graduating from college, taking a little bit of a break from the burgeoning career that he has. As an MMA fighter, he's he's connected, I should say, with a Bellator uh, style of fighting, that level of MMA, and he is undefeated so far in his career. Quite an engaging young man, determined with greatness in his DNA, and he wants to accomplish things not just in the field of sports, but he wants to influence people around the world. Hence, the book that he wrote, From Compton to Cleveland, that is out. He signed a copy for me, and we had a nice discussion about that as well as he unpacked his life, getting out of Compton, California, getting to college in Ohio, becoming very successful in his sport, and then moving on to greater things in his life. So everybody, I hope you enjoy this edition of Tellage Talks as we talk to Joey Davis, 133 and 0. Joey, what was the biggest obstacle that you had to overcome to be the great wrestler that you were here at Notre Dame College? Coming from Compton.
0: Just getting here in Cleveland and uh, making sure I was doing everything I was supposed to be doing. Uh, Getting my car out here, shoveling the snow when I had to. (laughs) Just those little things that I had to change. But those are probably the biggest obstacles.
1: What was it like growing up in Compton? Take me back, pace me back here. What your family life was like and then how uh, you got the opportunities to do what you did.
0: Uh, just surviving. Um, doing as a family, whatever we had to do to survive. Uh, Miss meals, uh, evictions here and there, place to place. But uh, we made it happen. Uh, my dad uh, always say we were gonna be okay. Uh, we just need to fight and, uh, and keep our spirits strong. and. That was something my dad preached to us and preached to us and preached to us, and um, and and uh, we got through.
1: Were you aware of how difficult the surroundings were, or was he such a good guy to kind of layer it away from you?
0: Uh, I was aware. Mm-hmm. I was very, I was very mature as a kid, um, and um, but like I said, John, it made me who I am today. I kind of knew that young, and I I just wanted the best for my family, so I was going to do whatever I had to do to get out of the, that situation, just by dad. What do I got to do? Just tell me. And that was my my philosophy as a kid all the time.
1: And how did you get into wrestling?
0: Uh, my dad and I had an older brother who wrestled, and my coach, who is now today Antonio McKee. Uh, he had a. I was always going to his house to go on his mat because my dad was kind of college friends, but my dad's five years older than him, but they still had the little reminiscences and stuff. But that's how we all brought it together, and that's how I became a wrestler just by wrestling in my dad's friend's house.
1: So you jumped on the mat the first time. What was the feeling like? Did you sense that this is gonna be something I could be pretty good at?
0: Actually, John, I went to a tournament my first try. I just you did. How old were you? Two, I was about five years old. Really? Went to a tournament called the Halloween Open, I'll never forget. End up losing to a kid named Chad Thornock, who we grew up to be friends, 11 to 12. And uh, after that, I said, Dad, I wanna, I was crying after the match, End up getting the Reese's, end up becoming my favorite candy. And, uh, and I said, Dad, I wanna go to practice practice and start trying I was about five and that's when I ended up going to my dad's friend house which is Antonio my coach now and uh, practicing and get a little bit better with the wrestling
1: and as you continued along the wrestling path there in Compton um were you uh dealing with some issues like you know life on the streets where people were coming at you in difficult ways or anything
0: oh of course John um my house been shot up uh um I've dealt with multiple gang violence situations, uh, with family issues. You know, people living in our house. that was going through things that, you know, that I would see. Um, but those molded me to the person I am today. Made me tough. Made me realize, oh, this is not the life for me. I want to have a better life for my family, my sisters, and um, and we got through that.
1: So you continued along the wrestling path. You were winning a lot of matches. You get to high school. You're playing football as well. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you?
0: Well, I wanted to be a NFL player. That was always my dream, um, especially playing for Snoop Dogg and stuff like that. So I wanted to get into the being, Snoop
1: thing. <laughs> being,
0: being around that all-star team and that camaraderie, I was just like, man, Dad, I don't know about the wrestling thing. So I was all, <laughs> always teeter-totting with the double sports. But my dad was always frustrated because he was like, no, I want you to be a wrestler. That's my sport. But I wanted to be a football player. So it was a father-and-dad little rivalry thing going on until I, I became a senior. And that's when it got real tough to make the decision.
1: Well, you did have some big time celebrities that kind of crossed paths with you. You mentioned uh, Snoop Dogg. So he was like your youth coach at mm-hmm. one point. How old were you and what, what was that experience like with him?
0: I started with Coach Snoop when I was nine. I actually got a chance to play against him and had that had that little mojo going on. We had our little rivalry going on. and. Uh, and then after I played against him for about two years, I was like, oh, okay. He invited me to his all-star team. I made good friends with him and got to know him a little bit more, traveling with him, being around his house, and then. So
1: was he Snoop to you, or is just the guy that was coaching your?
0: Uh, he was just a, a a a good a good man at at, at that point. Um, but as I got a little older, probably when I turned 12 or 13, I started realizing that. how how much he met to us and how you know how big of a role model he was and things like that but coach Snoop was just an awesome man uh always teaching us and always preaching to us that to just become better strive for greatness and uh do for your families and get out of this situation that you are in now always preach that to us
1: and you lived it then
0: yeah I'm still trying to still trying to. um, just blessed and honored to be in this situation I am today in front of you, John, and um, I'm ready to get the ball going, ball ball game rolling with anything I got to do.
1: Okay, so let's let's even unpack that a little bit more. You you went to a, a wrestling tournament when you were maybe 10, 11 years of age, and you were either sponsored or backed by the Goat, Jim Brown, the great running back from the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. Did you meet him then? Does he did he help you out in any way?
0: <laughs> Funny story, John. I was about. Seven years old at this time, and um, I'm I'm in a we we're we we're in, we we're in Compton at the city hall, okay. and that's where the where people come and meet and uh, all the the important people that works for the city of Compton. And uh, I actually see Jim Brown, but I did not know who he was at the time. I don't know what I was thinking. And my dad said, go up to him, shake his hand, and give him a hug. And I was like, no, Dad, I I don't know this man. And my dad says, son, if you don't go over there, he kind of like squeeze me by the neck and go get that man some props. You're going to get your butt with when we get home. <laughs> and uh, I'll never forget that moment. I ended up shaking Jim Brown's hand, giving him some hug, love at the time. And him and my dad ended up talking right there. And I got a chance to go to Amsterdam. And uh, Jim Brown helped me get to that tournament. And um, we, st- we still kept friends to this day, man, and him and Jim Brown.
1: When did you know you were special in wrestling? Not old? Um,
0: I would say I, I knew I was pretty decent when I turned 17. Okay. I, I flipped that switch. Um, I was a junior in high school, and I was like, well, my sophomore year, I took second not to go back too much. And I said, um, I want to turn this around and come back and win it. Turned 17, uh, had my first, you know, undefeated season, and then kind
1: of took off from there. And you end up in South Euclid, Ohio, Notre Dame College, that's 2,500 miles, roughly as the crow flies. How did that connection even take place? <sighs>
0: it was so much going on when I was getting ready to go to college, but uh, um, the, my old coach at the time, who we were talking about, Anthony Ralph, uh, just kept in contact with me. Just kept, just kept, you know, Joey. You know, I think if you came to Notre Dame, uh, this would be a great fit for you. We got coaches here like you know, Sonny Marchetti was at the time. Uh, getting off, he was coaching high school at the time. But the remarkable thing about Coach Sonny, that what I was hearing about him, how he got to wrestle with Kel Sanderson, yeah. and um, and he was a four-time national yes. champion. And then he got to out of opportunity before he wrestled with Kel to coach Marcus Levester, and he was the other four-time national champion. Cool. So I was just hearing so much things about Sonny Marchetti, and um, I was just like, well, wow, this is some two coaches that I want to be around. Um, and at the time, we had Jake Pitaxel uh Keith, had got some other Purdue coaches and it was just so much I was hearing coming from Compton that I wasn't used to and um I was like okay coach you know this might be a fit. let me talk to my dad and stuff like that and coach said you're going to have to tell me your choice right now I got to go back to I got to go back <laughs> to Ohio and um end up making my decision and that was the best decision I ever made so far
1: and what a run you had About 133 and 0 a tiny amount of humans on this planet have gone 4 straight years never lost a match 133 you know at what point in that journey did you say wow I, there's something really elite that I could could accomplish
0: um well to be honest John it was after my sophomore season okay um so you're halfway through I'm halfway through um, and the Notre Dame team is like you know they're just so honored to have me on the team. It was just making me feel good, just saying, man, Joy, you know, you can do something real big if you wanted two more times. Wow. And and just preaching that to me, preaching that to me in the practice room. I didn't really have no teammates that were telling me what I couldn't do or teammates like, hey, we, you're not going to start this season. Or just, you know, putting that negative energy in me. All my team believed in me as a freshman. I just kind of had that coming in. Um, And and having a coach like Sonny Marchetti, just a a scientist and a philosophy on just telling you the right things at the Pacific right moments. Uh, And and I'm glad he's honestly the head coach now to this day, because uh, if it wasn't for him, just being by my side in, in, in certain corners, knowing how to deal with my nerves you know a lot of times i didn't show my nerves or i didn't show too much emotion but it was it took a it took coach sunny to come get me out of my element to let him know just to see if i was fine and i was just so thankful for that and um and and and, you know when i when i when i said i was gonna do it i was a sophomore and i was just like i want to do something i never thought i can do i want to be something i never thought i could do i want to i want to try something new and i just dug deep dug deep and um i found out within myself
1: your emotion. Are you most at peace when you're training or on the mat, just you you
0: against someone else? Absolutely. The tournaments are just my happiest moments when I get to just say, "Okay, I I put so much work in. I put so much time into what I practice. I'm just ready to just let it all out, and not in a frustrating way, not in a a angry way. I'm just let it ready to just to feel good, feel fresh. Like, okay, the work is done. It's time to time to show off. Those are the times I feel most best. But in in the most time I feel most comfortable is just on my own, practicing, hanging out with my, you know, some of my teammates, and uh, we're just vibing, talking about what we want to do as a career, talking about how we're going to set up for our career, talking about what we're going to do when we're all done with, you know, with all our sports. So those are the best moments to me.
1: Now you are in a sport that, quite frankly, if you run your course in college. The professional aspects of it just aren't aren't there. Yeah. You know, unless you're going to go into MMA, which we'll explore here in a, in a bit. Yeah. Was that kind of a difficult difficult thing to kind of reconcile with yourself that had you been a running back for Notre Dame College or had you, you know, played baseball at a university, there'd be bigger financial outlays for you. Yeah,
0: that was something. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you, John. That I was thinking about right after I won my sophomore season, too. Like, OK, okay, am, am I going to be an Olympic wrestler? Uh, am I just going to go my school route? Uh, MMA was never part of uh, a long-lasting thing for me. Sure. I always wanted to try it and see how well I would do because uh, I've been in the sport for so long. Uh, my coach at the time, which is my uncle, had his gym for 15 years. So I was always I training you. with those professional guys and stuff like that. But um, when I made the switch, when I is when I right after I won my fourth national title, I had an opportunity, just you know, a contract that I really couldn't pass up, and um, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna try this and, and 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 go full force with it. And I was young when I was making my decision at the time, which was two years ago, and um, I've been, st- I'm still on the rise, still doing well. I'm five and zero now. But um, I'm glad I made my decision because uh, MMA has molded me to an even more better man, a more professional man, a more man that has a platform to speak and do things that I always wanted to do as well. So it was a plus, And I'm just thankful and honored that Bellator gave me that platform and gave me an opportunity to be a fighter.
1: You have a platform as that athlete and and what would the message be? What do you want the message to be to young people, to those that have never heard the Joey Davis story before?
0: Um, That strive for greatness. If you, you truly believe in yourself, uh if you really work hard, if you do the things you're supposed to do every day, and if you work it to your best of your ability, you're gonna see something good out of that. And, and that's just a message I wanna seek to everybody. Especially, you know, coming from where I come from. There's there's times where they don't have the resources yeah. or they think that they can't do it because they don't they don't see it enough, but um And that that was the whole point of the book now and and me being in Bellator, just for kids to see it and seek it out. And um, if I get on the the stage and I let people see me, uh, there should be no excuses Mm -hmm. for for anybody because um, I put the work in. I bust my balls uh, in in all aspects of the game. So that's my message,
1: seek greatness. You are undefeated and you're a good-looking young man. Uh, Boy, there's a lot of stuff that can happen you know, in terms of injuries, and and it's a brutal sport. Absolutely. Absolutely. Long-term, can you think that way? This could be something to be doing for a a great period of time in your life. I don't
0: mean, right now in the sport of MMA, John, I don't think long-term. I think now. Uh, I'm thinking what opportunities I have now. Uh, um, I'm not even worried about too much of an opponent. not saying that I'm going into everything cocky, but mm-hmm. I feel that like if I do everything I'm supposed to do by my training, him uh, keeping my mind right, keeping my spirit right, uh, I will be a tough force in the Bellator. So I, I'm just trying to stay ready at all all costs. And whatever Bellator wants me to do, I'm ready now. Um, but long jevity, we haven't haven't still young in the game, so
1: uh, I'm just worried about now, John. Great stuff. I really enjoyed talking to you. Best of luck to Joey. Thank you, John. You're welcome. By the way, Joey's degree that he earned from Notre Dame College is in communications, and he would love to be in the field, perhaps in sports broadcasting or entertainment, but he wants to make an impact and lead young people the right way down the path of life and i think he has a great start as far as being influenced by people that are great in their own way he worked at the offices as an intern of uninterrupted that is the online forum that lebron james and maverick carter have fostered out in los angeles california he actually worked with andrew hawkins the former cleveland browns and cincinnati bengals Uh, star receiver who is now working for ESPN, among other media jobs. Joey has greatness, strive for greatness, as kind of inside his DNA, and he has been led by his father, who is a great influence in his life, and his father is one of those individuals that's very upbeat, but always wants you to do the right thing. And Joey certainly is on his way to doing just that. So I hope very much that you enjoyed our chat and enjoyed this most recent edition of Tellich Talks. I really enjoyed the chat with him, enjoyed meeting him, and will very much be in his corner hoping for the best for him as he moves forward, not just with his MMA career, but what he does outside of sports. I think he is destined for great great things. So if you like this episode, please do me a favor and the folks here associated with this podcast on iTunes or any platform, if you could subscribe, give us a nice rating. We certainly would appreciate it very much. That way more and more people become aware of this podcast and we can get more messages of strength and hope and greatness out to each and every one of you. So thanks once again for listening. I'm John Tellich and you've been listening to Tell H Talks, and we'll see you the next time.